I'd like to read in the book of the Acts this evening. So if you turn to chapter 8 of the book of the Acts, and reading from verse 26, as Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And they arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Cadesi, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read as asked the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speakest the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And they answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away of Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And that's all I want to read, and trust that God will add a blessing to the public reading of his word. You know, there has been much, there has been much news on, in the, in the news media. You switch on the radio, you read the paper, and it's all about Gaza. You know, that's what has exercised my heart. People look at it as a dreadful place. People look at it as an awful place. And so it is in this present day, marked by death, marked by destruction, marked by sorrow, marked by many things that are not commendable. But you know, that wasn't the case in this man's experience because this is the very same place. It wasn't an awful place in this man's case. It was a precious place. Why was it so precious? It was precious because this was the very place, Gaza, where this man met the Savior and got to know his sins forgiven and got to know heaven as his eternal home. You know, I'd like to challenge all in the meeting this evening. 
just at the very commencement of this gospel meeting. I'd like to ask all in the meeting, have you got a place? And I'm not talking about Gaza. A place somewhere upon this earth that you can go back to and you can, and you know that it was in that place that I met the Savior. You know, I can go back to the year of 1981, standing in an office at work, having found out my need as a sinner before God. But I had a place when I trusted the Savior and got to know Christ and got to know my sins forgiven. If you haven't that, got a place this evening, then you're still in your sins and you still need the salvation of God. And that's what I want to speak about. I want to see how this man just came into the blessing of knowing Christ as his own and his personal saviour. Firstly, as noticing the interest that God has in the sinner's salvation, it says that God sent the servant. God sent the preacher, Philip, the evangelist. Took him away from Samaria. You know, I was just thinking in my own heart, you'd have thought, you would have thought an evangelist would have been more useful away up at Samaria, where there was much blessing and there was many being saved for the church was just being, had just been formed. You'd have thought an evangelist would have been more useful there. But you see, God took him away from Samaria, brought him down to the desert in Gaza. And what was it for? For one man's need. The Ethiopian eunuch was traveling in the desert, traveling in the chariot, found out his need, and God came, brought the preacher to meet the need. You know, that shows me this evening, friend, that God is interested in the salvation of men, individual men now. Maybe there's one here tonight, and maybe you feel in your heart that God wouldn't have interest in me. I want to tell you this evening, friend, that God is interested in the individual. God is interested in all men's salvation. And it's seen in this very chapter. He took the preacher, the evangelist, and brought him right down into Gaza to meet the individual's need. You know, that's the heart of God going out towards sinners, friend. I want to tell you, God loves a sinner. I want to stress that this evening. That's the great message that we have. Now listen, he doesn't love the sin or sins. Don't misunderstand me. Sin is a dreadful thing and sin is an awful thing. And sin will end in serious consequences for the sinner that's, for the one that's, when sin is finished, it'll bring forth death. But God loves the sinner and will remove all heaven this evening, friend, that you might be saved. And that's what we want to stress and we want to point it out. You know, it was the very case in the woman at the well. You know, if you read that chapter in John chapter 4, it says that the Savior must needs go by the way of Samaria. The Savior could have went another route, but he went round by the way of Samaria that he might meet the individual need of the woman. So, friend, this evening, we have a God in heaven that's interested in the salvation of sinners. And he would move, as it were, speaking reverently, all heaven, that you might be saved. I want to stress that. I want to point it out, friend. 
would move, would move to your need this evening if you just were willing. And it says here that he, that, that he sent the preacher. And you want to apply that this evening. You want to apply it not just to this man that was preaching the gospel in, in, in Gaza. But I want to speak it this evening in this hall tonight in Ballyclare. Because God still has people that speak and preach the gospel. I'm here tonight, you know, and it's not, uh, it's not a coincidence that I'm here. And maybe it's not a coincidence that, that you're even here. But God has permitted, I've seen to it, that you're here to hear the gospel. And it's through the preacher or through the, the one that God has put the power within. He's put the power within the earthen vessel. Not that there be anything of us this evening, friend. But I hope you treasure it. I hope you value it. You know, we mightn't be an evangelist like Philip, but we have a message tonight that originated in the heart of God. And God would have all men to be saved. And God would have all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what we've come to tell you. And not only I want to tell you, I want to tell you that God wants you to know and he has put the power within the, in the, in the earthen vessel, the preacher. The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? And it says, a beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. Friend, what a message tonight. Seen in the fact that God exercised the servant's heart. The servant that was sent to tell the man his need. Friend, you have a need tonight. And our duty and my responsibility is to tell you about your need as a sinner before God that their utmost need this evening is you need your sins forgiven and you need to know heaven as your eternal home I want to look secondly for time slipping on I wasn't only thinking of the servant that was sent but I was thinking secondly of the searching of the sinner or the sinner searching you know that's something, friend, when God puts an exercise in, a, in an evangelist's heart or, or a servant's heart, he puts an exercise in the sinner's heart. And this man had been up at Jerusalem to worship. You know, he was a man like a religious man. But you know, a friend, religion could never fill his heart, could never satisfy his heart. Came away from Jerusalem, came from the very center of religion, you know. That was, ever, that was the only God-given religion that God ever gave, was the Jewish religion. But he'd been up there right at the very centre and he hadn't got satisfaction. Came away, reading in the chariot. He was making his way down to Gaza. What was happening, friend, is likely he was searching and he was seeking for light and for salvation. And I want to tell you tonight, if you're going to be saved, you're going to have to seek. And you're going to have to search for it. I'm not one tonight, you know, who believes if I'm going to be saved, I'll be saved. And if I'm going to be lost, I'll be lost. You know, people that express those things, you know, they just sort of are dismissing the responsibility. I want to stress it this evening, friend, that upon each and every one of us, there's a responsibility and there's a, 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 a need for you to search and to seek salvation. You know, you'll not get it without it. The Bible says, seek and ye shall find. 
Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. What's it pointing out? It's pointing out that the onus, the responsibility, is upon the individual. And here's a man, I believe with all my heart, hadn't got what he really needed at, at Jerusalem, and he still was seeking, and he still was searching. Friend, and listen, and when I'm talking about seeking and searching, I'm talking about not a casual seeking, you know, a serious seeking, putting it first. That's what it must come to now. I want to stress that point this evening as well. Maybe I'm speaking to one tonight in this meeting, and you are saying to yourself, well, I've been seeking, and I have been searching for a long time, and I can't seem to get it. I can't understand people like that. All I can say about those people is this, that they haven't put it first. They haven't put it first. You know, I used to listen to our brother Norman Turkington, our late brother Norman Turkington, and he would have told you about people like that sometimes when you're speaking. People that have been telling us that they want to be saved and they've wanted to be saved for years, but don't seem to be able to get there. Do you know where he put it? And listen to what he said. He says those people or anybody like them, like them, they'll get it when they can't live without it. Friend, is that where you are tonight? Can you live without salvation tonight? Well, if you can live without salvation tonight, friend, don't be telling us you're seeking it. For you're not really seeking it. Because that's where it gets to. I can mind my own experience. When I was looking saved, I mind going to Mr. Lennox. I got to know the man through a lady at work. You know, that's what the man asked me when he sat me down on the seat in the, in the, at, the, at the far side. He says, Martin, tell me this. How much do you want salvation? And I said this. I, I thought about his question for a moment. But listen to what my answer was. I wanted it more than anything else in the world. What had happened, friend? I got to a place where it was the number one priority in life. It was the top rung of the ladder that I had put it to. The matter of seeking and searching for salvation. You know, I like this man. Where did he start to seek it? Well, it says he was reading. He was searching the scriptures. You want to be saved tonight? You start to read the book, friend. You start to read the scriptures. Then God's word is, is, is a, it brings an entrance of light, you know. Man's in the dark because of his sins. Man's, 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 uh, in the dark because of his sinful condition. He's like the hymn writer, you know. He says, I wandered alone in the darkness. Not a ray of light could I see. And I wondered if Christ the Redeemer could save a poor sinner like me. Well, friend, that's just us all, you know. We all were in the dark. And the entrance of God's word bringeth light. And the man was reading the scriptures. Wasn't it a good place that he started? He started by reading the scriptures. Now, I'm not talking about getting to know the scriptures. 
He wasn't reading the scriptures, you know, just to get to know the scriptures. As many men know the scriptures. He was reading the scriptures to get to know Christ. Searching for light. As many men know the scriptures, and yet they don't know Christ. Even the Lord himself, when he is here, he rebuked the Pharisees, the religious men of the day, and he said to them, Search ye the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they that testify of me. You see, it's a person, friend, the person of Christ. And and the scriptures is full of him. Get to read the scriptures tonight if you're seeking salvation. And put it first. Make sure you put it first. Put it at the top of the of the of the ring, the top rung of the ladder. Just like the Lord told the people in His day. He said, "You know, a people that were wanting to know the number of the saved, or the few that were saved, the Savior was asked. You know what the Savior said? He didn't answer the curiosity. You know, he didn't put a number upon it to who the saved would be." He just said, stride round around the street gate. Agonize. Persevere. Make sure you don't miss it. Searching. Seeking for salvation. And I want to see thirdly, because time's slipping on. I want to see thirdly the simplicity of salvation. The simplicity of it. You know, the man joined the chariot, the evangelist. What did he tell this man that was reading the scriptures? If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. The simplicity of it, friend. Salvation's a simple matter, you know, really. Now, I'm not saying it's an easy matter. There's a difference, you know. A big difference. Salvation's simple. But it's not easy. It's not easy. Men could wrestle in the dark. A man could go on for a, a long a period before it would really come, the truth of it would dawn upon them. But when it does, it's simple. If thou believest with all thine heart, that's the grounds that salvation comes on. Men make salvation difficult themselves. God hasn't made salvation difficult. God has made salvation simple. Men make it Difficult. Why? Well, they want to come on their own terms. I was like that myself. I thought, you know, it was just a matter of what, what I could do. Or maybe, maybe I could be more anxious. Maybe I could live a better life. These things are the things that plague us when people are looking salvation and they trip over the whole matter. They trip over the whole simplicity of it. And there's many doing it. Maybe you're doing it tonight. You've been searching and seeking and you can't grasp it and you can't understand it. Well, the evangelist commenced at the same scriptures. You know what it says? He says he preached on them, Jesus. Salvation's not found in a place, you know. This man had been up at Jerusalem. You'd have thought of it meant anywhere he would have got blessed and it would have been in Jerusalem. He didn't get blessing in Jerusalem. He got blessing in a person. He says he commenced at the same scriptures and he preached unto him, Jesus. In a way, he was in a lovely passage, wasn't he? Isaiah 53 was reading. Led as a sheep to the slaughter. 
bringing before us the death and the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, Understandest thou what thou readest? So obviously he told the man. It's obviously he brought the truth of it to his heart, of the death and the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, that's the gospel you know this evening. That was the gospel preached in this man's ears. And that's the gospel we preach in your ears today, is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on the grounds of the death of Christ and the death of Christ alone, we offer you pardon and we offer you forgiveness of sins. And what have you to do? It's not what you do, friend. It's what Christ has done. He has finished that work at Calvary. And the moment that you trust it, you, you look in faith to Christ, you'll come into the blessing of God's salvation. The Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Oh, the simplicity of it, friend. Don't be tripping over it with your anxiety or whatever the case may be. You only can answer that question yourself. It's the moment that you turn in simple faith and rest your all upon Christ, friend, for eternity. You know the blessing of sins forgiven. And you know heaven as your eternal home. I was saved on the 4th of February, 1981. Standing in an office at work, confused and burdened about my sin. Came to the point in life I thought I was lost and lost and deserved to be lost because of my sins. But at the same moment, friend, I looked away by reading a verse of, of, from a hymn. And the hymn read like this, I take a mother's word and deed. Christ died to save me, thus I read. Just at that moment, friend, faith in the person come into the blessing of salvation. Friend, you can come into the blessing of God's salvation tonight if you'll only but trust him. Faith in Christ will save thee. Trust God's risen Son. Trust the work that he has done and he alone will save you. Now, my time's gone, but just to finish, I want to close lastly with the satisfaction salvation brings. It says about this man, you know, he went away rejoicing. You know, I want to say this evening, you know, there's nothing like the satisfaction that salvation can give. There's nothing in this world that can equal it. You know, I have been through life now for a number of years, 60-odd years. I've had many times of happiness and blessing. I'm talking about just normal blessing. And good times and all that. But there never, ever was anything that could equal the joy and the happiness that salvation brings. Listen to what the psalmist says about it. He says, blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. I say again, there's nothing can equal it, friend. Oh, yes, I have my problems. I have my difficulties. And so does every Christian and so does every believer. But listen, friend, I can put my head on the pillow tonight and I don't worry about this world. 
the men of this world and the men that are leading it, they're in a fix and they hardly know what way to turn. And the whole thing just seems to be collapsing around them. That's not the Christian experience. It doesn't matter about tomorrow. It doesn't matter if tomorrow doesn't come. Well, but with Christ, which is very far better. What could equal it, friend? What can equal joy divine? Or what can sweeter be? Than knowing that the soul is safe and safe for all eternity. I say again, there's nothing can equal the joy, the happiness of sin forgiven. Blessed, I say again, blessed is the man whose transgression is happy as a Happy is the man whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. You know the sad thing about it, you know, when we mention these things, the majority of people that we preach the gospel to and are still not saved, they're seeking salvation, they're seeking satisfaction by other means. They're leaning, they're going off to the world and the things that the world has to offer. The sports field, the entertainment field. Oh, they're accumulating wealth. And these seem to be their goals. And these seem to be the goals that'll give them satisfaction and give them happiness. And listen, satisfaction and happiness is not found in those things. Oh, the world has a measure of happiness and pleasure. But they're not totally satisfying. It's not what the Lord was teaching when he spoke to the two brothers. Remember the two brothers in Luke's gospel. And one had been left in inheritance and the other had missed out, as he thought. And he asked the Lord to speak to his brother that he might divide the inheritance. You know what the Lord said? Life didn't consist of the abundance of things that men possess. Friend, life's not found in those things and the things of the world. Life's found in Christ, in Christ alone. And friend, that's where you can have happiness and satisfaction tonight. John says that the Saviour has come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Life with a capital L. I want to say again, friend, the Christian is the best of this world and he is the best yet to come. You know, maybe you don't have any regrets, you know. Well, I have one regret, being a Christian. And maybe some others have the same. What is the regret that I didn't get it earlier? I was 22 when I was saved, nearly 23 years of age. I was sorry I didn't get it earlier. Things would have been different. However, that's the happiness that salvation brings. Friend, don't let the devil rob you of it. Don't be missing out on it. But by my exercise tonight, God would have all men to be saved. God would have all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. I hope you'll be wise. I hope you'll give ear to these, this message tonight. And you'll be like the man in, in Acts chapter 8. He went on his way rejoicing. I hope there'll be some here tonight in the darkness of sin at present and come into the light of the gospel and the light of Christ and go on your way rejoicing. God desires it.
God would have all men to be saved. God would have all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. I hope you'll be wise. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he's near. Don't miss salvation, friend. For you miss salvation. And on finishing this, you'll not miss judgment. God has appointed a day in which he'll judge the world. By that man. That's the same man that could be your saviour. That man whom he hath ordained. He's given him a day as a day ahead when he's going to judge the world. And and it's an awful thing to think that those that have heard the gospel could miss salvation and come into judgment. Don't delay any longer, friend. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call ye upon him while he's near. I'm sorry I went over the time, but pray. Our Father, I bow again in the precious and worthy name of the Lord Jesus. We give thanks for salvation, forever looking upon us in mercy and saving our souls. We thank thee yet for the day of grace and for the long-suffering of God towards sinners. <clears throat> and pray that any in the meeting tonight not saved, that they might lay these things to heart and seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him when he's near. We commit our needs now to thee and ask for thy hand to be upon us as we make our way homeward, asking these things all in the Lord's worthy and the Lord's precious name. Amen.